in today's show, we are live on YouTube answering questions that you may that you may have. Yeah, you may have. That's the right word. Michael Bolton, what's your right word? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter and on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. It's a mailbag. We're going to be talking here live on YouTube for the next 30 minutes and I am joined to do the talking by the one and only Adam King. Welcome back to the show, Kingy. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, Mo's looking good there. It's uh, it's coming in okay. It's uh, it's getting it's getting pretty pronounced. I need to like probably shave shave the beard off just to get it a little bit more sticking out. But yours is looking alright. But you've had it for a while. Yeah, I've had mine for a while. Yeah, mine's. I think I might actually get rid of mine coming into the month. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah, it only takes a week to grow it back. So. Yeah, that's that doesn't doesn't take that long. But here we are, mustaches in hand, ready to answer your questions that you guys have. So we're going to get straight in and. Um, and do these questions. Let's start with Hamburglar, who says, Kingy, is Tory Craig a 12-teamer for now? I say no. I say he's a 14-team league guy. I say that he is totally fine to stream in and use on low-volume days that the Suns play. But his game-to-game inconsistency and low upside makes him not someone that I want to grab and just hold on to. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same, I think. I mean, yesterday would have been nice to have him. Had a good line, but... Would have been. Yeah, he's not... Yeah, he's not doing enough um, to to sort of hold a roster spot permanently, I don't think. So just stream him in if you need to. Even if you had him yesterday, you probably wouldn't have started him. With 10 games on, he probably would have sat on your bench and it would have gone to waste. And we see bad players have big games all the time or inconsistent players. It just happens all the time. And if you overreact to that one game, they'll come out and have four points on two shots in the next game and and do nothing. And that's why their back-end player is not consistently good, irrespective of the the minutes. Because he is going to get those minutes, but some nights he'll get 29, some Sometimes you'll get 24, sometimes you'll get 30, sometimes you'll score 12 points on six shots or whatever. It, it'll just be all over the place. Um, I ooh, Justin says, is Barnes a 10-teamer now? That's Harrison Barnes. I don't even think he's a 12-teamer, to be honest, except for the fact that Keegan Murray is doubtful. So if Barnes is on your wire, I think that there is a little bit of upside there, but I'm still looking for guys that are going to pop off, not guys who are going to give me consistent top 140 type numbers. And that's exactly what Harrison Barnes is. So in a 10-teamer, there has got to be better people on your waiver wire. Yeah, no, 10-teamer, no way. Um, even in a 12-teamer that I'm in, uh, I, I considered streaming him in, um, but I decided to go with Kata Bates-Diop. So I mean, that probably says what I think about Harrison Barnes. Yeah, it, it, it does. I probably would have taken Barnes over Bates-Diop personally. Bates-Diop, interestingly, he spent like 25 and 28 minutes the last two games, and he played two minutes combined the two games prior to that. Yeah, um, I think Keldon Johnson's questionable, though, so I'm hoping he, he doesn't play. So is Doug McDermott, so that does help yeah. Bates-Diop. Uh, Bates yeah. 
Eric Quinta says, am I still hearing reports that Shangun will move to the bench upon Fernando's return? Do you think he'll play relatively the same amount of minutes? This is what I heard. I haven't heard any updates on that in the last week or so. Um, but it would be insanely stupid. It is the Houston Rockets. The, the thing is, they've got two good young centers already, and neither of them are named Bruno Fernando. And it's Usman Garuba and Alperen Shangun. If you make a move to put Shangun in there, I'm sorry, to put Fernando in there to cut those minutes, then you're a certified dickhead, and you should get fired immediately. But I don't know what, how worried, so taking all this into account, Kingy, what are you doing with Shangun, who's been around a top 50 player this season? Are you trying to sell off in case Fernando comes in and, and screws it up? Uh, I'm not. I, I think even when Fernando was starting, I think Shangun was still pretty productive off the bench. It was only a few games, yeah. um, but but he was still putting up numbers despite coming off the bench. So I'm, yeah, look, I, I mean, common sense would say don't start Fernando, but I have a feeling they will. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I'm, a, I'm a little bit worried about what they're going to do. This is an interesting question. Neil Shabra says, do you think Livers eats more with beef stew on the shelf? Don't call him beef stew. That's almost grounds to get banned off this show. Um, I am really worried about what Dwayne Casey is going to do today. The fact that he is getting very, very hard over talking about two big lineups. Is he like, uh, To me... What they did last game, they played Isaiah Stewart permanently as a power forward. They didn't play him at center at all. It was Duran and Bagley. I cannot believe that he would then go and start Bagley and Duran together um, when he's got Bay and Livers and Bogdanovich um, who can all play the four. And Stewart's not big. Like I know that's a too big lineup. He is an inch taller than Sadiq Bay. He is not a big. He's six foot nine, six foot eight, according to basketball reference. Isaiah Stewart is. So it's not like he's particularly huge, and you need these two big guys out there. What are you thinking about the Detroit situation with Stewart out now? Well, yeah, I mean, much like you, I think we we saw that it, based on what we saw in in the last game, um, it, it doesn't mean more minutes for Duran. But then I purposely listened in because I knew we'd get a question about this today. So I listened in to, to your thoughts um, on whether Dwayne Casey will start uh, Bagley and Duran together. And I sort of hope he does just because, because you were you were adamant he wouldn't. And I don't give him that much credit. I think he might. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping that he doesn't. Um, I don't even know why Bagley is playing centre, but... Because yeah, he can't shoot or can't defend on the perimeter. That's why he's playing center. Um, the interesting part of it, look, as I have, I think they should start Duran, and I would love them to start Duran. Starting yeah. him next to Bagley is a disaster, and I don't know what they're going to do. So when you're trying to guess what bad coaches are going to do, shout out to Tom Thibodeau, you're at a you're at a loss. Like you just go, well, this makes the most sense, um, and this is probably what they should do. But then they go and do dumb stuff. Shout out Bruno Fernando. Shout out anything. Jericho Sims, whatever. Like, there's always going to be random stuff that you can't predict because how do you make yourself go, wow, I make, I need to make myself dumber and make a poor decision and to put myself in the shoes of a lot of these coaches in terms of what they do. Like, you know, starting Casey Ockpala. Shout out Mike Brown, who, when they took him out of the rotation, what a surprise they started to win. I am absolutely staggered that that happened. Um, okay. What do you think about Denny Avdia? Uh, Rizzo asks, is Denny a 12-team ad? Um, I don't know. I, I don't mind him. I, 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 Yeah, I don't think he's, he's a guy you need to add, but he has been playing more minutes. He's starting. Um, he's got a, an interesting fantasy game. So drop Tari for him, probably. 
I well, like Tari better. Obviously, but... the minutes are there for Avdia compared to Eason, yeah. as we've said with Eason yeah, for quite a while. There's just so many guys ahead of him. Like, even with Jay Sean Tate out, like, he's not playing 20 minutes a night most nights. And you're going to require... That means you're probably going to need two injuries or two trades for him to step into a 26, 27-minute-a-night role because there's Martin, there's Gordon, there's Smith, there's Tate. Like, all those guys are in front of him at the moment. And while we might like Tari Eason's long-term potential, and we do... Um. Yeah. Where's the path? How do you How do you get the minutes there? And that's we're not quite. We're not not even not quite there. We're not even remotely close to that. We've got more questions coming up. We'll get to that in a second. But today's episode is brought to you by the good folks over at Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, at your own pace. Mariah Carey's got a, a class on there using your voice as an instrument. Gordon Ramsay teaches cooking. John Legend teaches songwriting. Do you want to get into songwriting, Kingy? You can with John Legend over at Masterclass. I reckon you'd be a pretty good songwriter, Kingy. Um, no, I'm all right. You're all right. No, you're not going to. You're not going to take that up anyway. New, no. new career could have been coming your way, but you've turned down the Masterclass. So feel you go in there. You, you put to you look at. There's so many things. And it's not just those few things. There's so many different options of things that you can learn to improve yourself. And I highly recommend that you go and check it out this holidays. Give one annual membership. And get one free. Wow. Go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. That's masterclass.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. All right. They always apply those terms and conditions. They're sneaky. All right. Let's go back to some questions that we've got here. Okay. When do I think Mitchell Robinson will be back? Just quickly on this one. I think either the next game or the game after. He shouldn't be too far away, but we don't know that at this stage. Um Okay, let's go through more questions. Would I trade Tyrese Maxey for an injury-prone Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi may be back today, Kingy. Yes, uh, I did notice that. So I've I've got him active. There's not many games today, so it's it's fine to just switch him in for someone else um, who's injured. Uh, would I trade Tyrese Maxey? Um, I ooh, I don't know. I probably would. I think I probably. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, would I trade Tyrese Maxey for Kai? Probably would, but it would depend a little bit on where my team sits. Am I just riddled with injuries? Yeah. Am I sitting at the top of the standings? And then hopefully I've got Kawhi, a top ten potential player in March. Although, of course, he might not be. But I feel pretty confident in saying that Maxey won't be. Like he won't be that good. And Maxey has struggled a lot without James Harden. Um, and I don't think he's ever got anywhere near that upside. So it is a a, a bet on trying to get that little bit of upside to take you to a championship. But yeah, in the next month or two, you just, it might hurt a lot. Um, all right, what else we got? Okay, who do you see as a better prospect on the Spurs rest of season, Sohan or Bassi in a 9-cat 12-team league? Zohair, I think neither of them are necessarily 12-team league guys. They are for this week. Like We roster them for the five games. Sohan, to me, is the guy who's got the starter minute upside. Um, Bassie's the guy that's the good per minute player, but when it all comes down to it, I don't really see either Sohan or Bassie being absolute guys that you've got to hold on to past this week. No, I think, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Sohan, as you said, just because he's, he's starting, he's getting minutes. Um, Zach Collins will be back in what, a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so Sohan for me, but again, he's not a guy that you need to have in a 12 team. 
One, this is a thing that I did in the off-season. I understand not everyone watched a lot of my off-season videos because you, know, you weren't doing fantasy basketball in August. But one of the things that, the, that was a real clear takeaway for me from the correlation stuff is that minutes is one of the highest correlations to fantasy production, whether it's in fantasy points leagues or it's in fantasy category leagues. Is that the, highest, the highest correlation I found in anything, I think, was assists and turnovers, meaning high assists always leads to high turnovers in like with a 0.82 R squared number. But the next highest ones were fantasy rank or fantasy points to minutes and fantasy rank or fantasy points to usage. So when you got a question like that, you're, generally you want to lean towards minutes and usage. They're your two things you want to look at. And while Bassey's got this good, these good numbers and these good per minute numbers, if instead of shooting 68%, he shoots 59, instead of getting 1.5 blocks in 16 minutes, he gets 0.8, then he's useless. Like Then there's just nothing there. And while we do like him, he theoretically or, you know, is practically still the third string center on that team, whereas Sohan is playing 26 a night already and might push to 31 later in the year. So when you've got a question like that, just your automatic default should be hmm, minutes and usage. Where are they going? And that's that's sort of guides you, I think, in that way. Yeah, I look at minutes. If I'm looking at who am I going to add, who am I going to stream, I sort by minutes and just have a look at who's who's on the court. Because um, if you're only on the court for 15 minutes, it could very easily go wrong. These are the questions that I that I like, and because it's yeah, this show, and I think a lot of what you do, Kingy, as well, it's not about giving necessarily binary answers. Do I pick this guy up? Do I trade this guy? Like, yeah, that's fine, but it helps like one person. And we try to give more important stuff or I try to do more of that. Joseph says, when do you expect Lamello back with the negative X-ray? I think what's important here is that negative X-ray doesn't really tell us anything. Unless you're expecting a broken ankle, that is all an X-ray tells you. So nearly every time that someone hurts their knee or hurts their ankle, they go in immediately for an X-ray and you get negative result. And people go, whoa, that's good. X-ray was negative. It means we're all good. No, that's not what it means at all. What it means is they didn't break a bone that is all an x-ray tells you in terms of ligaments damage and strains and sprains you're looking at mri results and then we hear the grade one grade two grade three but the immediate thing we always hear is x-ray and like 95 percent of the time if not higher it is negative but that negative gives you a false sense of security now i'm not saying that this means that the ball is going to be out for another three to four weeks i'm not saying he's going to be back in a day but we need to just really be understanding what these terms mean rather than saying negative that's great because negative x-ray it's it's negative every time on an ankle sprain unless it's the one weird situation where it's not it's negative every other time kingy yeah, I don't. I can't remember seeing an X-ray that was positive on a on an ankle sprain, like on a, a rolled ankle. That it just never happens. It so never. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. I'm hoping he doesn't miss too much time because I just got him back in one of my um, competitive leagues. And and look, I mean, the injury itself didn't look severe, but the fact it's on his ankle that he injured previously that's the concern. Hamburger's back with another question. That's a good one. When do you expect Jaron Jackson to be back to a full workload? Um, played 25 minutes in his first game. I'm going to expect by the time we hit December, he's just going at regular. I think he'll miss back-to-backs probably up until Christmas, maybe even through to January. Like, I think that'll happen. But in terms of full minutes, I don't think it's going to be that far away, Kingy. No, I think probably, what are we now, 18? So, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, early December. I, I think um, I think he'll be back to 30-plus. Yeah, I don't, I don't think... Okay, he's not a guy who played you know, 33 minutes a night anyway. You know, for him, full minutes are just 29 to 30. That's what he's done throughout his career, really. If you get anything over that, that's a huge bonus. It's more than expectation. 
but I don't think it's going to take all that long. Yeah, 25 minutes in his first game back was more than I expected. Mm. And yeah, I think we're going to have some pretty good value for him coming up. Paul Flanagan, let's get your opinion on this. I talked about this Flanners quite a bit yesterday, um, but we'll ask Kingy here. Is it, do I finally drop Hartenstein now? Oh, it's close. Uh, I'm I'm still holding, uh, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's sort of one of those situations. I think where you could go either way, and I don't think you would be wrong either way. Um, because, I mean, he's he's their best option at centre, but Tom Thibodeau is the coach. So yeah, exactly. And I, I talked about this on yesterday's show, and someone was uh, trying to call me out on Twitter about it yesterday, saying, "Oh man, you've changed your mind on him. Just stick to what you say." Well, if I'm going to stick to opinions that I've had, then yeah, you know, I'd be telling you that it's go go pick up Al Jefferson. Like, because he was great 10 years ago and I can't change my mind on people. Because we, we saw, like, Hartenstein was, before Robinson got hurt, he was a top 100 player as a backup, getting those extra minutes on injuries and with foul trouble. He, he was that. There's, you can't dispute that. Like, that's what he was. So we go, all right, he's going to continue to be that. He had a couple of rough games. But weirdly... The usage has disappeared, and he's treating him like he's Nolan's Noel, and he's got stone hands, and he can't be used to do anything. We should be using him like Joakim Noah. But if I think he should be used like Joakim Noah, if Hardenstein knows that's how it works, if the Clippers realized it last season, he was a top 60 player for the last two months or something last season, that's all fine. But if the man who's making the rotation decisions doesn't do that and doesn't use him that way, and the production's down, like, get rid of him. Like, that, that's fine. I had this concern in the offseason about Hardenstein. I said, oh, well, Tom Thibodeau's centers are the lowest usage players in the entire NBA. And while Hartenstein is different to those guys, do you expect Mr. Flexible Tom Thibodeau to, to make that change and to allow actually an offense to run rather than let RJ Barrett brick shots and Julius Randle do a million spin moves? Like, I don't expect that. And we saw a little bit of a flash of it, but it's just gone back to the same boring bullshit from him. So drop him. Like that, We make decisions every day playing fantasy in our life. We're adjusting to new information and different data points. That's what you got to do. So I know that's a long rant, but yeah, fuck, get rid of him. Like, Okay, he'll he'll have better games than he's had the last couple, but I if you unless you have faith in Tom Thibodeau changing things around, then it's going to be more of the same, I guess. So there you go, fire up. Um, what's going on with the, your fellow Aussie Giddy? Aussie spelled like that is gross. Johannes, don't do it, mate. O double Z. Are you an O double Z Y guy, Kingy? I'm not. No, I'm not. Nah, piss that off. No way. Anyway, I'll still answer the question. What's going on with him? He's struggling a little bit. He really played poorly yesterday, as did as did Pokyshevsky. Um, he's still you know, useful enough. He had some, some big games in between there, but there's going to be ups and downs. And this team, despite the negative, contrarian nature of a lot of people, they're actually trying to win games. And Doug Nuts is going to be like, well, if you're not helping me, like, get off. And that's, that's a problem for Giddy, and it's a problem for his fantasy. Like, he will be better than this, but... He's just going through some uh, growing pains at the moment. Yeah, look, he, he he wasn't. He only played twenty minutes yesterday, and and I listened in on yours and agree that both him and and Poku were just benched because they were getting they were getting burned. Oh, so, oh they're going ro- roasted. Yeah, so they just went with the guys that were um, playing well and, and going to win them the game, and so that's frustrating from a fantasy perspective because it it means that their minutes are not consistent, but that's actually the way basketball should be coached. You, should, you shouldn't you should say, we've got this guy, he needs to play 32 minutes no matter what. You should go with the flow of the game. Whoever's playing well, keep him out there. Who cares? Yeah, like it's yeah, instead of having like Tom Thibodeau make RJ Barrett stay out there while he's shooting yeah. 
at like some of the worst numbers you'll ever see and just keep him going and taking 20 shots and hitting four of them and playing 35 minutes and, and killing your team. Like, what's the point of that? Like, to protect the ego, protect the salary. Doug Nutt's a really good coach. And I said the other day, I reckon he's close to top five in the NBA. I'm pushing him closer and closer to that top five at the moment. I think he's really, really good. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens when they get Chet and what happens uh, next season with this squad, or even this season. They've, they've got a better record than the Warriors at the moment. Not that I necessarily think that will stick. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Kingy, I'm going to bet they don't have um, Canberra local basketball leagues in there as one of their amateur leagues, but everything else, I reckon they'll be pretty set. Football, basketball, soccer, esports, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can also find those at BetOnline as well. The fastest and easiest way to get all of your information to get your betting fixed. If we look at the NFL for this week, the Jets are underdogs against the Patriots. Don't the Jets have a better record than the Patriots? I'm pretty sure they do. So that's an interesting line. You can go check that out and all of the Week 11 action from the NFL over at BetOnline. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Back to the questions. Um... Okay, Ruben Serrano, we get this question a lot. What's just a question about rocket players? How long do we hold Jalen Smith? That's Jabari Smith as a rocket player. So Jabari Smith, and should we look to trade Shangun because of horrible coaching? We talked about Shangun already. Um, I feel like Shangun will never reach his upside. He's top 50, Ruben. Like, how high do you think we're going here with him? But let's talk Jabari Smith. Where are you at with him? Uh, I'm still holding him. Um, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard. He's, he's offensively, he's really struggling, but he's getting rebounds. He's getting blocks. He's hitting threes. He's hitting his free throws. So he's doing everything, but score a lot like Josh Hart, really. I think Josh Hart falls into that category. He's really struggled with his scoring output, but mm-hmm. um, no, I'm, I'm holding him um, just because he's, he's doing everything. And, and I think there's a bit of an issue in terms of him, um, scoring a lot of points because he can't really score off the dribble or anything like that yet. So he's more of a, he just needs his shot to start falling. Yeah. Like he's at some point, he's not going to be a 30% shooter. And we saw the blocks come in yesterday. Good rebounds, hit some threes. It's, it's low usage. It's low efficiency. And I think it will come up. Um, it's been really disappointing though. Absolutely. I think this sort of almost links back into that other question though, or the, the more broad topic of, of playing time. He's getting minutes. So yes, I think yes. the, the opportunities there, it's not going away. Yes. United Fruit Company says, what is the logic behind the center limit? Well, first of all, you put logic in there with ESPN Fantasy. That's not going to work. Are centers too good? No, they're not. Absolutely not. It's an ESPN default. In my league, I can only have five on a roster. Yeah, it's stupid. There's no reason for it. And again, the, the reason why it's stupid is, okay, ESPN goes, well, you can only have four centers. Yahoo goes, no, actually, can you have more? we need more centers. So one of them is wrong. I'd argue both of them are wrong. Uh, it's just, it's stupid. It's a relic from, I don't even know when, maybe the, the Shaq days, maybe even before that, that they refused to update. Why should centers be treated any differently on both sides? Why do I need two centers on Yahoo? Why can I only have four on ESPN? It's ridiculous. It's stupid. There is no logic behind it. Don't try to, like, if you want to see logic behind it, I don't even know if Simone Fontecchio is available to pick up on ESPN. So if you want to ascribe logic to any decision they make, you can't. I know that Orlando Robinson's not there to pick up, even though he's on the Heat roster now. And there was someone else, uh, Jamal Cain wasn't there for a lot. I don't know if they still are because I don't you know, have any leagues on ESPN, but I know they weren't there. So don't ascribe logic to shit that's illogical. Um, do you want to know? Here's a question. All right, where'd that one go? Um, Loading says, what's going on with Maga Porter Jr.? All right, so this is classic reactions to one game. 
He just shot poorly last game. Prior to that, Kingy, I think he's been better than anyone could have expected. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just looking at his rank now. I have, I mean, I've got him in a couple of teams and he's just been playing well, so I haven't even bothered checking where he's ranked. But um, yeah, he was he was poor yesterday. Yeah, he was. Uh, but prior to that, um, yeah, he went had 31 the game before that. Um, poor game before that. But yeah, what is he, top? It's got to be top 70, top doesn't it? Oh, there you top go. 50. There you go. Yeah. Like... Um, which is, I think you were drafting him, what, 70, 80 probably? It depends. He's, he's ADP, I think, or his rank towards the last week or so was like 55 and I, I was not, not interested there. But most times he was going in the 60s or 70s. So again, I don't think anything's going on with him. He just had a bad game. All right, here's one that people seem to think that I'm way off on. Nate Lott says, a Max Struess and Lonnie Walker must rosters in 12-team 9-cat. And to me, they're not that dissimilar as players. They're both guys who provide value in, in scoring. Lonnie's still a poor three-point shooter, but it's getting there on volume. Struess is a really good three-point shooter who's not doing too much else. But as is the case with... A lot of guys, Struess at the moment is really benefiting from A, Tyler Hero being out and B, Victor Oladipo being out. And that's enabling him to play four to five extra minutes a game and get a few extra shots. And that's helping his value. But realistically, he's a three streamer. Lonnie Walker is benefiting from absences from LeBron, but also the absence of Dennis Schroeder, who is eventually going to play minutes. And we know Dennis Schroeder is going to take shots. And Walker gets by again on shot volume. And if he gets pushed down to instead of being that third option or fourth option, if he goes to the fifth option, I'm not sure what else is going to be there for him. Despite these, yeah, we love talking about the value of these guys. I don't think either of them are actually top 100 on the season. And I think that there are arguments to make that both of them are going to fall away a little bit. Am I off on that with those guys? Do you see something? Because people are always coming up, man, you just hate Max Strews. Why are you so against Max Strews? Like, I'm just trying to like balance stuff out for the rest of the season when I understand that there are two guys currently out who are going to eat into his minutes. Yeah, I'm not super high. I think they're both okay to have on a 12-team roster if, if you just need scoring. Um, but as you said, yeah, Schroeder's going to come back. I think if I had to pick one and, and sort of looking ahead, I'd probably lean Struess slightly. But to me, I mean, I've seen them on waivers in a couple of my leagues and I haven't sort of run out and dropped everything to pick them up. Um, it's really just if I need points, I'll stream them in for a couple of games and then drop them when I when one of my guys comes back off injury. Hamburglar's just bringing the heat today with questions. So I've got another one from him. Why do you think people are overreacting to a couple of bad Cade Cunningham games? I don't know. But this is something we have to pay attention to in fantasy. There are people, there are players that people just dislike. And Cade is one of them. I think it's because they fire up more about they love Scotty Barnes or they love um, Evan Mobley and Cade's going to be a bust and they've been hearing about him for so long and why is he the number one player? I mean, he's been so bad this year. And I tweeted this out yesterday. His assist numbers are higher than last year. His rebounds are higher than last year. He's taking more free throw attempts than last season. His box score plus minus is higher than last season. His EPM is higher than last season. Um, the only thing that's happening is he's hitting his threes at like 28%. And... I don't expect him to be a 28% three-point shooter. His minutes are up from last season. His usage is up from last season. So despite everyone in the hand ring, oh man, Cade's so bad. What a bust. He's so bad. Everything is up, except the steals are down from 1.2 to 0.8. And we know how variable they can be on a day-to-day basis or week-to-week or year-to-year basis. So that's hurting. But he's also shooting 28%. And unless you believe that Cade Cunningham is a 28% three-point shooter, or you know he was 31 last season, I, I think 33 or 34 is a reasonable expectation. Unless you believe he's going to remain that, that bad, then yes, he will be this bad. But people overreact because they just don't like him. And I don't really know why they don't like him. I don't, I can't understand the logic behind it, but that is a general consensus that I get from a lot of people just trying to read things. Is that whenever something bad happens with Kate, bust, useless, what's he doing? He's terrible. When realistically, I think right across the board, apart from this bad shooting, everything else has been better from him this season. Yeah, agreed. I, I think he's, yeah, his numbers are good. 
Um, it, it's really just that scoring it. And as we know, we, with with scoring, if you're not hitting your shots, that impacts multiple categories, not just one. So his threes are down, his points are down, his percentages are down. So factor all of that in. That's why his rank is so low. Um, all he needs to do is start hitting his shots and all of those come up. I think he's like 70th. He's not actually even that low, to be honest. Um, all right. Hagu, let's have a question here. You said earlier that Steph was a sell high. I think I, I think I did anyway. But anyway, what would be a good return given he's playing insanely at rank number three? I talked about this on the podcast yesterday, King. I'd like your thoughts on it as well. I said I was down on Steph in terms of I didn't want him picked to pick five or six as where his ADP was. I thought that they'd rest him a few more games. He wouldn't have as large a load as last season. And I also didn't expect him to be an 82% rim finishing, which he is this season, have career highs in field goal percentage, which I think he's also at this season, have career high in rebound numbers. I didn't expect any of that stuff to happen. He's exceeded my expectation. But he's doing it on insanely high usage with insanely high minutes for a bloke that played all the way through the NBA Finals. And I think there's a couple of things that can happen here. The rest of his team gets better and they ease the load off him because the load's been too high or the load gets too much and that causes rests or some sort of breakdown because this is an older guy who's carrying a crazy load for the player um, or the, the age that he is. So I worry about either of those two things. And maybe he just continues at this level. I, I just... I think the most likely outcome is that he doesn't continue at this level for either one of those two reasons. Yeah, I think I wrote uh, a little bit about this yesterday and, and pretty much the same. It's just the fact that his teammates have sucked. And yeah. and so he, he's had to do so much and they're not winning. And, and I, I bet if you spoke to to him or any of the coaching staff, they don't want him to be doing what he's doing um, because, as you said, he, he's, he's not young. If he's playing this amount of minutes and having to do – this having this much responsibility, he's either gonna he's either gonna fall in a heap, um, or yeah, his teammates just need to get better. So I, in terms of whether he's a sell high, he is for me. Like I think I, if I could offload him for a top five guy, I probably would because I think, well, assuming the Warriors start winning at some point, um, they're gonna want to give him some rest, especially with what he's had to do over this first month. Yeah, that's that's the worry, isn't it? It's just what's going to happen with him as we as we move forward. Now, King, I'd like your opinion on this first. United Fruit Company says, "Why do you subscribe to the no trade philosophy? What's your philosophy on fantasy trading?" Uh I don't think I have a no trade philosophy, but I rarely trade. Um, I'm I'm okay. Like I get I get trade offers a lot, and normally it's a pretty quick decline. But I'm open to it if it's a fair trade. But I normally figure that I've drafted with a strategy in mind and I'm, I stick with my strategy and I don't panic. I, I think a lot of early season trades come from people panicking. Um, so I'm not completely against it. I just don't personally do it much. Yeah, I don't do it either. I don't have a no trade philosophy as such, um, uh, United Fruit. What I what I have will, will consistently say is that when someone offers you a trade, your first reaction should just be no. Like that's what it is. Look at it and go, I'm not doing this trade. And then look into it because people go, oh, trades, look at this. I'm a fake general manager. I'm going to be making all these trades and wheeling and dealing. And I know better than Daryl Morey and David Griffin and Leon Rose. And I know better than everyone. I'm making these trades and look at these cool trades that I did. And in a lot of the times, you screw it up, right? Just the volume of trades that some people make, you're going to make poor decisions. You're going to get sucked into the hype, the dopamine release of making a trade, of making these moves. I'm not saying this is you, United Fruit Company, but there are a lot of people who will make 20, 30 trades. There's people who have made like 20 trades already this season, which is crazy. I wouldn't have made 20 trades over the last 10 years in fantasy. Like I'm more likely to work the waiver wire and have confidence in the guys that, I, that I've done. And people, you know, I traded these four guys for that four, those four guys. It's a 30-year team. Your whole team identity's changed over there. So my thing is just don't 
don't be so excited to do the trade for the sake of doing the trade. Make sure it makes sense for you, but always have a pessimistic, like, I'm just not going to do this trade. It doesn't work for me unless you really dig into it rather than like, well, trade, what are we going to do? Should we do it? Yeah, that looks good. Let's make a trade. Oh, I love the negotiations when the end result doesn't really end up benefiting you so many, so many times. And that's why. Um, but yeah, it's not a no trade policy. It's a like, be skeptical on fantasy trades and really look into them. Mac Attack wants to know, Kingy, how did you get your Mo looking so lush and fruitful compared to Josh's? Do you think it's... He's been growing it for like two more months, I think, even longer. Yeah, I've had mine uh, since probably beginning of uh, September. Yeah, there you so go. it's two two and a half months, yeah. This... So I've, I've I've actually had mine trimmed and... and this is so two weeks. As, yeah. Once two weeks, guys. Like, wait, wait till I get the two and a half months going then, and then we'll have a competition. Kingy's more fruitful. Jesus, God, come on! I feel like that's going to end the show I'll, now. I'm so so upset. I'll take it though. A fruitful mo is something I could add to my bio. You can uh, maybe that can be a new fantasy team. Kingy's fruitful mo's. Yep. There you go, Kingy. Last question before we get out of here. You and Paula want to know how your plants are going. Are they going well? I guess I, I don't know. I don't touch them. <laughs> I guess they're getting watered. Um, they all look like they're they're thriving there behind me. So they look fruitful. They do look fruitful, yes, indeed. That will do it for us on this mailbag show. Kingy, thanks for uh, for coming on and having a chat and answering these questions with us. Tell people where they can find what you do. Uh, at AdamKing91 on Twitter uh, and then FBIBasketball.com is our website. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of interesting shows in the pipeline which could be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So. Keep an eye out. Go and check out Kingy's stuff. Follow him over on Twitter. And uh, guys, that'll do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Odyssey. If you're here watching live on YouTube, where's your thumbs? Stick them right up. Drop those thumbs. Drop those comments below as well, guys. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.